And then all of a sudden, three very interesting responses came back at me. And one of them said, well, if I'm up against a wall, you might wonder what I'm on, so that's probably a good reason to take the device off me. Well, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, another one said, oh, it could be changed screens when you get close to us, that's probably another good reason. And I'm sitting there trying really hard not to chuckle inside. You're listening to a Core Education Podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. Kia ora anō, ko Anuru Wai tōku ingoa. Kia ora, ko Keith Tafa Whirangiaho. Kia ora Keith, digital citizenship or being a responsible uh, citizen online. Um, really had a lot of discussions, uh, I guess, between ourselves, with my colleagues, but also with the schools and kura that I work alongside as well. And the question I want to ask you, Keith, is actually, well, first of all, what is a, a digital citizen? What is, why is it important to have a digital citizenship plan in your school or kura? Kia ora. Mm. Uh, so, so why do we have lots of plans in our kura or in our lives, if you like, or whatever, whatever we do? We want to put in place something that is uh, clear, useful, mm-hmm. relevant and safe for our students. Yes. Digital citizenship, if I can liken it to this, uh, you know, we wouldn't send a child across the road without first teaching them how to cross the road. So mm-hmm. why would we send our children online if we haven't actually um, wrapped around them some, some strategies and, and possibilities that they will come up against? Two, have them stop and think. In my last teaching space, one of the questions we had for our students was, you know, if there was a kroa or queer sitting either side of them and they went to press a button to post something, would they still be okay in posting it if they were flanked by their, you know, komato, if you like? The other question we had for ourselves as, as staff was, what are our tamariki actually doing when we're not in the room. Yes, big one. And so kids kids who are very smart, they always have been. I remember posing a question to my students one time and said, give me three reasons why I might need to give you some time off a device in this classroom. Now, I wouldn't say that it was a digital classroom, but you would have been hard-pressed to see students using pen and paper at that time. Now, I, I just lightly posed the question, didn't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, three very interesting responses came back at me. And one of them said, well, if I'm up against a wall, you might wonder what I'm on. So that's probably a good reason to take the device off me. Well, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, another one said, oh, if we quickly change screens when you get close to us, that's probably another good reason. And I'm sitting there trying really hard not to chuckle inside, thinking, I hadn't, hadn't even thought of this. And then another t- uh, student said, uh, if I put the laptop on my laptop really fast when you come towards me, that's probably a good indication. So they went up as our... Um, Chicken points, and all I needed to say was, you know, Henare, Ara Kotera today. That's your first one, and I would just put Henare's <laughs> name up on the whiteboard. Nothing next to it, so no one outside of our classroom had any idea what was going on. And then I might put a little asterisk next to his name, which meant that was two, two times he'd been spotted. Uh, so they, I never made the choice that they had to hand over their device for me to take care of for a few days. They made the choice, and there was always one student who pushed the boundaries. Um, and you would have thought that, you know, uh, we had cut off his right arm, really, because he walked around with a long face the whole time. That's all it took for them to recognise that they needed to be smart. I often had my laptop um, on the big screen, open source, and I remember an instance when somebody in Skype came in for a contact uh, request. Mm-hmm. So I turn around to the students and say, uh, hmm, what should I do here? And I would wait for them to tell me. Right. And one would say, uh, do you know them? No. Um, do you think that, you know, they'd ask me a few questions. I'm like, so what do I do? Oh, no, you can't do that. So in a way, I was bouncing off them and just wanting to ensure that discussions we'd had, 
they were now feeding back into my practice. And, and that what I wanted was a high-performing digital citizen who had an internal compass built inside them so they could make the right call um, at the right time and not be fearful of it. Because unfortunately, what do we get on the media? 99.9% of the time we get this, this black world and everything's bad. Um, we just need to make sure that our kids uh, are aware of, they need to know that ins and outs. But when something comes at them, they're, they're well suited to attend to it. Sure. And I really like that coming through about um, your, your modelling, how you involve the students in this as well. Maybe some tips I'm thinking about how we can uh, or how we can effectively uh, embed digital citizenship uh, or programmes and practices um, into the classroom, into the kura, into the schools as well. What are some key, key things? Uh, one, one school I worked with um, for a couple of years and Digital citizenship was an area that popped up for them, if you like, after mm -hmm. using the e-learning planning framework. Okay. And um, we, we decided there were three parts to this. There was the knowledge building. Yes. There was the um, understanding of, and then there was the effecting into classroom practice. And without them realising what they came to be, I thought was a hugely collaborative, high-performing team. One of them said, so where do we go? So we set up a Google Doc. They had their names in there. And the brief was, go and find three images mm -hmm. that you think would be most useful to have into your classroom. Now, this particular school was, was dual medium. And one of them said, well, how do we do that? So we talked about, well, you can take the image. You could take, yeah, cover the wording. You could sure. replace it with tiril. And even with video clips, if you're playing a video clip, you need to watch it ahead of time and then mute it while you give them the context in, in their language. So, yeah, what, what were the benefits of that? Well, number one, it was collaborative. Number two, we all learned off each other. Number three, bang for buck, they loaded in three images and then reaped the benefits of the other six teachers who, who were loading in theirs. Now, the other point to that, I thought, and we hadn't considered was what they had already crafted then was a QA'd set of images mm -hmm. for their school because they were going in deliberately for their uh, students. We did the same thing with videos and we had a long-term plan. We looked at NetSafe. Everyone was pulling and stuff. And every time we met, there was an expectation that a resource, a reading, a video clip, or something would be shared back so we could all reap the benefits of it. Okay. Last question. The role of community and whānau in this? So in one uh, particular school that I was in, every week we'd, we would send out a little flyer, if you like, and we agreed across the staff that every team would ensure there was some sort of digital citizenship, cyber safety item that went in. We had talked about what is the point of us doing all of this, what we thought was pretty good work in our classrooms and in our staff, if our kids walked out the door and nothing else was going yes. on. So it was a, we wanted to uh, ensure that our whānau, our families, our parents, whoever our students were staying with, came along on this journey with us. So every single week there was something that went out with maybe a question and we invited response. Um, we, we met with uh, whānau once a term mm -hmm. and the hall was set up and there were different spaces for different things. There was always a digital citizenship space as well. Exactly. And just to conclude, I really like the practical ideas of that, but also there are ideas of to have to embed it, but it's also involving uh, everyone's voice. Learners, ourselves, teachers, leaders, and of course the whānau, and also you know, located within the context as well. Namahiehoa. Kia kwekoki, kia ora. You've been listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. 